Welcome back to Less Than 10, an EVE Online small gang PvP podcast. Today we have some really interesting conversations going to happen. With me, of course, co-host Feyrell, who is currently on a work business trip, joining us in from his like cell phone, tablet, Bluetooth headset of awesomeness. Say hey, Feyrell. <laughs> hey guys, like Blood said, I'm away on a work trip, so apologies if my uh, audio isn't quite as good as it normally is. And then we have two guests, both with like some really interesting expertise in a very unique gameplay style. So the first guest is a player by the name of Dank Guy. Hello, what's going on? And the other guest tonight is a gentleman by the name of Von Hole. So I just want to open up here with a little story. Um, this pertains to our guest, Frederick Von Hole. Um, so this is going back like a good six maybe even nine months ago, but uh, some friends and I decided to deploy to Outer Passage. It was just three or four of us. We had like two Nixes. One guy was in a Hanag. Ha uh, we all had Sins and we had Alts with, uh, you know, like Heretics with Cloaks and Probes and, and a Sino and Sabres, stuff like that. We were going to hunt some big game. Uh, and, and our guest, Frederick Von Hole, what he specifically does is hunts those people hunting big game. So, uh, yeah, needless to say, we were out. We were on one night. I think there was there's two or three of us online. One guy was missing, and uh, and we found a um, a guy running an abyssal site. So uh, so one of our scouts did. So we decided like, all right, let's set up, see what's going to come out. Maybe we'll drop it with the sins. So we're sitting there watching, and out comes a gila. So uh, you know, we had a stiletto that was on it. He he grabbed the gila. He was a sino stiletto. Let the sino. The sins jumped in, and all of a sudden, an Astero decloaks. And uh, we knew at that point what was going on. We didn't even need to see who came through the sino. But uh, needless to say, um, out come a few nidhoggers, and then the discussion breaks out as we're trying to escape with our sins. Um, the one guy has a nix logged in. And uh, the other guy that I'm with is, is egging him on to drop the Nyx at zero. It's a hyperspatial Nyx, no tank. And we're both like, there's no way I'm dropping a Nyx at zero, a hyperspatial Nyx on Von Hole. It's not going to happen. So the other guy keeps egging him on, keeps egging him on, and says, I will SRP your Nyx if it dies. So, well, that's all he needed to hear. So, you know, right-click jump. Suddenly sabers, suddenly more caps. And yeah, rip one Nyx. I did get my sin out. I think I was the only sin that escaped, but uh, definitely been Von Hold in the past. So welcome to the show. Well, there is some prehistory about it. Um, my friend Lucy Liu, famous Russian streamer, you know him, should at least. He, he noticed your Nyx uh, dropping in Cobalt area or somewhere and contacted me and asked if we could bait the supercarrier in. I said, okay. I saw you liked to kill some, you know, blink writing battleships mostly, but I didn't have one ready in that area. So decided to try an abyssal runner gila trick. We set everything up, logged off Dictor on pink spot. So you became active on Intel. I started to farm. 
your combat prober came, found me, and suddenly left system. We were like, what, what's going on? Why did he go away? Will he come back, probably? We were really nervous. And then you came back, brought the tackle, got the gila, I warped down with Astero, tackled Black Ops, brought two carriers in, I had to multibox and fucked up with damage application, forgot to, you know, press F3 several times, and you had, as I remember correctly, AB fitted Black Ops's, some armor tanked. Yeah, they were armor sins. You went really far away, almost out of, out of scram range, I didn't touch the Sina, so super carrier would be able to come in, and it came eventually. Yeah, see, <laughs> you say eventually, and that was the time of me and my buddy laughing, saying, don't jump, I'm not jumping the Nixon, don't jump the Nixon on Von Hull. But uh, as, as you heard, you know, he had the op- opportunity to jump in and get it SRP'd if it died, so he took that. But yeah, it was uh, it was very interesting. My first time being baited by Von Hull, so. The funny thing is I had two triple heavy scrams carriers and burned two, maybe two heavy scrams, if I remember, and couldn't hold you anymore. I think my sin was the last one, and uh, I, I think I only got out because the Knicks came in. I imagine it was difficult to multi-box in that situation. All they did was I saw you had a heavy scram on me, so I just aligned and uh, you know burnt in the opposite direction. I can't remember if I was pre-aligned to something um, because I went the way that I you know I didn't have, want to go across your nidhogger, so I went the furthest I, I was away from you, further away. And as soon as I was out, I either MJD'd or warped. I can't remember, but yeah. So guys, today we're basically uh, talking with Dank and and Frederick von Hole about the small gang kind of capital hunting gameplay and meta. So um, as I mentioned, Frederick von Hole uh, has made a career hunting other hunters is a good way to put it. He hunts um, capital users and a lot of blingy black ops battleships. So when people go out in black ops and hunt ratters, Frederick von Hole hunts the black ops battleships. Um, also, a lot of uh, really expensive ship kills, like uh, Alliance tournament ships and things like that. And Dank Guy, um, a little more conventional, uses a lot of uh, super carriers and a little bit of Titan and some normal caps. And I imagine some black ops stuff too, but you're mainly hunting like people moving, people being dumb, dumb with their capitals. Is that a good way to put it, Dank Guy? Um, so we actually do a lot of blops um, to kill people in DED sites who are doing those sites outside of our, um, how should I put it, our low sec constellation because, you know, we're all neg 10, we can't even go through high sec. Um, but we do use a lot of capitals as well to gank people moving, gank people coming through gates with like freighters, orcas, expensive stuff like that. And, you know, even sometimes trash if we're bored. But actually, I would say that we use blops more than anything because capitals can't even enter DED sites. Um, I have dabbled in some hunting of Rorkles and Nullsec, but that's kind of died down with the uh, blackout kind of pushing them away from our preferred areas to hunt. Yeah, and that's uh, kind of what we wanted to highlight is, is you know this unique gameplay that not a lot of people get into. And uh, so let's kind of dive into it. And, um, you know, how did you guys get the start of what you're doing? Like, how did you get into this kind of gameplay? Because it, it requires a lot of ISK, a lot of alts, and a lot of time to do well. So how did you guys get into it? Well, back in 2016, I was a usual wormhole crab 
and uh, capital escalation rebalance happened. We decided to try nullsec, moved there. My friend was writing with Rattlesnake and I was trying uh, carrier farm. And two days after we moved, finally, my friend was login trapped by <clears throat> by the Tuvia Gopher Blobser. He is especially good at this. And we thought, why should we not try to kill Black Ops? We have a Rattlesnake, we have Carrier, let's feed Sina, Scram and go for it. That's how it started. Every Black Ops pilot died to us can blame Tuvia now. <laughs> uh, and how about the Alliance, Alliance Tournament pilots? They can also blame him. Yes, indeed. And you, Denka? Um, so for me, um, well, it kind of goes. It, it kind of goes back to, I guess, several points for me. So way, way back, I guess you could say 2017. Um, me and a buddy of mine discovered that. Um, Blops existed, and we were like, "Wow, that's really cool. I like that." We were we were dropping on anything that we could get our hands on. T1 Cruiser, bam, Blops in, let's go. And um, so at one point, it it really, um, at least for me, it really hit that you know this this is what I this is what I like. When we took a took a grand old trip to the um, <clears throat> legitimate farming grounds that is a uh, branch and we blopsed on a lot of people botting and made lots of money doing that because we were getting to kill like, T3s and rattlesnakes and stuff like that. And, uh, and then we ran into Mr. Von Hole and he killed us, but we still had a lot of fun before that happened. And so that's really when I first, you know, grew to like, well, specifically black ops. I was, I was too poor for capitals at the time, but um, I would say I would I would mostly label it just like hunting in general. I mean, I I would personally differentiate hunting from you know your typical like roaming, right? Roaming, you're kind of looking for a fight, you're looking to you know kill whatever you see. But hunting, you might be more focused on like a, a specific high value target or you know any high value targets that you can get your hands on, or maybe you might be focused on uh, locking down an area of space and killing people in there, stuff like that, stuff that's more I guess passive yeah and how many people are you guys normally doing this with because you know this is a podcast about small gang pvp and uh, blood and i normally do nano small gang but i mean your guys's gameplay style can also be qualified as small gang so typically how many people like not alts but how many actual humans are you doing this with um i would say that in comms a fairly a fairly average night would be five people on comms maybe six on kill mails very often, two, three, four, because people go AFK in there, and people are too busy doing other stuff sometimes. As for us, it's usually three persons, sometimes four, sometimes five, but three mostly. I, I feel like, so with that few of people, what's the most difficult aspect of what you do? Is it, like, are, are logistics and just moving ships really, like, a di one of the difficult things... To, to work out is it gathering intel or or hunting is it the actual combat like what part do you feel like is is the most difficult the most difficult for us is waiting it's really time consuming especially now after all the changes back in 2016 i could chill and look into sometimes and notice two or three 
active black ops groups in my area a day. But now we have to choose a target, move, and wait for hours. Sometimes it happens in less than 15 minutes, but most times we just stand down after two, one or two hours waiting. Are you saying recent changes in that, like contributing to Black Ops not being used very much? Or are you talking recent changes like um, the, you know, local um, being removed in NullSec? I'm talking about small-scale blobsync in general. Okay. Yeah, I would have to agree that small-scale blobsync has definitely declined. Yeah, and that's that goes well before Blackout, right? I mean, I think, like, the prevalence of super umbrellas is, is probably what did it in for a lot of the Black Ops Battleships type blobs gameplay, right? Because before you could find a lot of battleships and things like that, blingy subcaps around ratting, but those, I think those guys, a lot of them got pushed into carriers um, and, and then again with Sinos under the umbrella. So it, it becomes very, very difficult for Blobsters to take that kind of thing on. Yeah, so, you know, there is actually some interesting gameplay you can have with um, using Black Ops to kill DED runners. And the Marshal is very strong for this. Um, there's some people in Delve who do this a lot. Um, and then there's some other people that I've seen doing it in like fraternity space. And I think... That's generally it. I haven't seen anyone else using Marshall skill DED runners except in those areas. But um, if you have a spy and a Lachesis and a good prober, man, you can get a lot of DED runner kills doing stuff like that. And again, being in a DED site, they can't they can't drop supers on you. If you guys are comfortable with it, maybe a little later we'll talk about some of the specific tactics you can use to succeed in this kind of gameplay. Um, but for now, uh, what would you say the the hardest part of of your gameplay style is Denkai? Um, well, I would say definitely just the initial observation of a target is the biggest hurdle, personally. Um, we we try to overcome this by having lots of alts spread all over the place. Pretty much anywhere within jump range of our home, we try to have alts in, in, in pretty much any fairly reasonably highly trafficked system within jump range of our system, and we will essentially just observe until something happens. That is that is kind of how we see low sec as the best way to sorry, let me revise that. That's that's, that's the best way we see to play in low sec at the moment. We we are very passive until we see something that we can gank or that is appealing for us to gank. I got you. That's kind of interesting because uh, you know, you so you guys are more passive and you you wait until things come into your area of operation. Um, while it sounds like uh, Frederick Von Hohl and, and your friends, you guys uh, find a target and then move things to set up a trap for him wherever he is. Is, it, is that accurate? Yes, it's pretty much. We used to stay in one NullSec area only observing Intel, but now we have to move to get kills. So you guys mentioned alts a lot. Uh, well, so far we've been talking. Um, so how many how many alts are typically being used in in this kind of gameplay? I have eight accounts personally. Um, I would say that among my group of friends, we have maybe four or five average, maybe a little bit less than that accounts per player, and they are they are very important for us. We could not function without them. I have like ten accounts maybe, and part of them are pure alpha accounts, which I use as baits. And three accounts with um, 
SP with five million SP characters which support them and Asteris on other slots. Yeah, because you're kind of famous for injecting Asteros in, into to use as your insino because uh, a lot of people, you know, with, with local there, they would just do a quick look and see who's in local and check out their kill mail, kill board, and they would find a, a player with a completely empty kill board. Um, so so you, it, it, that is correct, right? You basically use Asteros for one kill and then you trash them and inject a new one? Yes. That is dedication. <laughs> Um, among my group, we've actually picked up something which is which seems pretty silly, but actually works way more often than you might think. And it basically revolves around doing the same thing, except with a unskilled tune using a praxis. So you just take an unskilled tune with a praxis and just just go do something stupid, and people will go for you. You have a blank kill board, people will go for that, and we kill them. You don't even have to have Sinos trained on the praxis or anything like that. You just put some meta scrams on and go for it swarp in a sino at that or at that moment when you get tackled and collect kill mails we have killed quite a few people like that and it's i mean it sounds really stupid but people go for that so that kind of like makes me think of an interesting question because as with nano when we get capitals dropped on us it's it's kind of almost this point of frustration um, but from your perspective, the the availability of capitals, uh, whether it's like carriers, dreads, or supers, um, do you feel like having more of them out there and and having like the price point on them lower and stuff? Do you think that's been good for you or bad for you? Like, are you more worried about counter drops, or are you just kind of? Are you maybe able to do more stuff because you you know nidhoggers are are inexpensive after insurance or something like that? Like where where do you balance it on the scales? Since I farm in high class wormhole, I don't care about the cost. Counter drops maybe, but we died maybe three times. If yeah, it should be three times. The thing I worry most about is the hunter looking at the bait and warping off. Um, for me, we aren't really too concerned with the price of capitals. Um, supers are supers especially are, are very cheap. Like you can pick up a, a gank fitted nix for like less than fifteen bill, which is kind of ridiculous. But um, that means that we we have a lot of those things. We have a lot of capitals and stuff for a group our size. Although I would say that we are fairly wealthy, more or less, on a member level, so we can afford them even if they doubled in price. It wouldn't really matter. We don't lose capitals pretty much ever. I guess that's not entirely true. We've lost a few. <laughs> but I think maybe like one carrier in the last month with a kind of crappy fit was lost, just as, as an example. Like we, we, don't, we don't lose them too often. We're not really worried about the price or anything like that. All right, so... Uh... We, we kind of talked about one ship, the Marshall, being good for killing DED runners. So um, what are you guys, kind of your guys' opportunity to, uh, you know, spill some of the secrets if you if you want to. If you don't want to, that's fine. But, you know, what are some really interesting um, tactics that not a lot of people uh, might know about that you guys employ, be it spies, uh, different intel networks, different a, a tool maybe, a fancy tool that, you know, hacks the eve client how do you guys find those targets and and what are some good tactics that you use for that well it's basically z keyboard locator agents some maybe 
scouts to check if the guy is online in his home station where he was located. So we know when he undocks and goes searching for the target and can prepare for it. Um, I would say that for our group, um, hmm, let's see. So you're specifically asking about the marshal as well as other yeah, like any, that we any need, ships right? that are you know really ab like cut above that make it easier or more successful, and then any anything else you use, like any tactics, anything that that kind of people may not know of that isn't really normal, you know, every everyday kind of uh, knowledge. Well, it's not really an unknown quantity, but we love to use lachesis. Lachesises? Lachesis, maybe, we should say. Um, because it is fantastic for catching DED runners. Uh, people, essentially, as long as they don't have their alt on the gate, they're going to get caught. As long as they don't have their alt on the gate, or I guess if they're, if they're spamming V, like just mercilessly, they maybe can get away. But a lot of people don't do that. And there is a it's an interesting trick that is probably not unique to us, but... We kind of figured it out, and we like to we like to essentially narrow down on D scan all the way down to five degrees, exactly where a guy might be. Like you know, you see a Tengu ratting or doing something, you know, in a DED site. Narrow them down all the way down to five degrees, and you get his range down, and you can do that before even launching any combat probes. And so what that lets you do is it lets you scan the guy down in one cycle, it gives him a way shorter window of opportunity to see the combat probes on D scan. And then at that point, you just throw the Kesis into the site and suddenly he's tackled. For sure. And would you guys use the, uh, I guess it would only apply with a battleship. You probably couldn't do this with like a Tengu. But um, kind of to add on to that, once you figure out his range from you, uh, would you ever try to like to probe him down without your probes getting within descan range of him? Is that a thing you can do or no? You know, that's actually an interesting question. I don't know. If you have virtues, I'm like a max max scanning fitted T3 or um, Covert Ops Frigate, it might be possible. I've actually never tried that. I've only tried it with a carrier. It can be done with a carrier, especially after the changes that basically made it so that no one ever uses NSAs anymore. Um, I remember back in like maybe March or April, remember when they uh, made the... Network sensor array, warp cancel you. People don't use those anymore. Uh, instead, they fit sensor boosters with scan res scripts. That means their scan resolution, or sorry, not scan resolution, um, their, uh, their sensor strength is not as high as when people were using network sensor array. Mm -hmm. And so that means they're easier to probe. It could be done with virtue implants and a probing fitted T3. The technique that you were describing to a carrier, it could be done before that still, even with an NSA. But it is much easier now. You can probably do it without virtue implants. I haven't tried for a while. Would be interesting to try it with a battleship or even a T3. I sort of don't think it would be doable with a T3. But it's something to think about. It might be possible for if you are lucky enough to catch the scan cycle on the battleship who is MWDing. But I'm not that sure about it. Yeah, it might be a, it might be a new thing. might be worth a try. <laughs> A T3, I think, is a real stretch. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Just a, like a rattlesnake or a macario, like a DED site. You know what really grinds my gears with T3s is those... Uh, you ever seen DED runners that run with ECCM fitted? God, those are the worst. Oh, yeah. Those are, they're really difficult to scan down. Double faction ECCM tango. Yeah. But that only works in, like, lower DDs, like 6 out of 10s and stuff, right? Because... Once you get up to certain DDs, you you need a certain threshold of like tank in order to 
be able to make it through. Like I, I used to make most of my ISK running mazes, uh, and that like to blitz them, you have to go like full tank. You, you know. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, Aproteus actually might be able to do it. That's right, because all of its tank would be in the lows, not. And it, it could use the mids for stuff like that. That'd be kind of interesting. Um, so I get the Lichesis being scan invulnerable and, or, you know, not showing up on D-Scan. And you can you could do it with a lot of uh, arrays in the mids for scanning. You could put a lot of tank. And it has, obviously, extremely long point range. But so, like, going back to the Marshall, what are the key advantages to the Marshall over, like, a Sin or, or you know, a, a Panther or something? Um. I think that I've actually not dabbled in this style yet. Um, I have friends who have, but um, from what I understand about it, it's the tackle range and it's essentially the slot layout. You can fit a cap stable marshal that can tank the DED site and just, you know, vote to the next room or whatever, and then get right in there on the guy. Okay, because like, I know with the security status, you can get more tank. Um, there's, I believe, doesn't it have it has stasis web range and tackle range which is yes, nice but that's all like only after you've actually got the marshal to them so i was really trying to figure out like what the what the key like why it's so good i guess it does have a, a warp speed bonus so i'm wondering if that plays into it as well where um just you know moving it to your target in a shorter yes. time frame is better it is it is essentially just a nicer black ops um it can also use cruise missiles which are really safe to use. I mean, you can just MJD off and have them tackled with your alt and Alakesis and keep shooting. Um, but I know there are people who actually use MJDing marshals to catch um, DED running marauders because um, apparently they're too foolish to check D-scan and they, these people like to MJD off in the site. So you enter the room where they're at, you MJD right on top of them. And they're like bashing it up. That's really interesting, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I, it, Seems to me like a crazy thing, but evidently people fall for that, which yeah, I just, guess is, is what about you'd expect in a place like Dell, where all kinds of weird people hang out. I was just curious because, like, most of the time that I've used Black Ops, when once I'm actually on the target, that's that's like the the fight's usually over at that point. Um, just because yes. when I was flying a Sin, uh, you know, I have an immense amount of new pressure or things like that. So I was really curious, like, what the the standout for the marshal would be um because the price point is much higher and so there uh, i was curious like what that trade-off really uh, yeah so aside from the um aside from that one niche scenario which i've actually never personally done so i i don't know much about that scenario but aside from that the marshal is just a nicer black ops really like it has more tank it has more slots and it does a lot of damage it has better sensors too one thing i really noticed with black ops is the sensor both targeting range and sensor strength is lacking in the marshal for some reason. I think it has like a good 20, 25 kilometers longer targeting range. I'm not sure why it, it has better sensor strength sensors than everything else, but it is another, you know, small, but. All right, so do you guys have any other kind of ships or specific tactics or specific ships that you guys use that you wanted to highlight or shall we move on? Um, For us, we like to use hyperspatial supers a lot as kind of a force multiplier, I guess. Because, uh, well, I mean, if you get a Rorkel or something like that tackled, you know, you got like three dudes on comms, you know, it's it's hard. <laughs> it's hard in subcaps. So hard. The, the rules of supers are you, you never want to jump 
to zero on your target, right? That's step one. That's the one my my friend in the Knicks yes. uh, did not do uh, when we got Von Hold. And I actually know who that is. <laughs> I know that story. Yeah. <laughs> so, so step one is is jump to range, right? So you want to be, you know, like 100, 150 off, something like that? You know, actually, the safest way to do it is if you have an alt that isn't holding tackle, you can just burn like a ping for yourself and then Sino in at a safe and warp to the ping. Yeah, yeah, that way no one can, can warp Especially to Especially if you're running ECCM, you're going to be very hard to catch. Cause, and I'm sure you're aware of the, um, the 500MN MWD to align fast. Yep, faction eye stabs with the 500MN 10 second yeah. align. Very slippery. And yep. a cloak, of course. Very, very hard to catch. Um, I actually haven't tested it, but I'm told that a double faction ECCM makes it possible to scan down a super only with a 4AU scan. Wow. Which is down from like 16AU without that running. That's a huge. That's something that's worth that's knowing that I need to actually like go and test, but. Yeah. That's just what I have off the top and of that, head. Obviously what that does is as you're warping to your safe, um, it buys you time to land on grid and cloak up before the prober actually gets a hit on you. So for anyone not too familiar with it, that's that's why a lot of these gank hyperspatial supers will um, will will fit the, the the ECCM is they become harder to scan and then it buys it gives them more time to land and cloak. Um, like I said before, they get a bookmark that is on grid or at zero with you. So um, the they kind of work together, the being hard to scan and being able to warp very fast. We're talking about like six AU a second supers. Yeah, they're hilarious. Um, Von Hole, any, any other ones from you? Well, I can only talk about the Astero specific ship I use. So what is it that you like about the Astero? It's easily trained. It has good slots layout. Four slots for tackle, always good. Low signature, reasonable, 5600 HP tank, which is good enough to hold Black Ops for like 20, for like 30 seconds maybe. We, we are heavily relied on in-game mechanics when a black, an average Black Ops spends above 20 seconds to lock their stare, but after the tackle lands, Black Ops has around 15 seconds to warp away before he's scrammed. So that's how Astero works. Gotcha. Um, yeah, so one, uh, feel free, you guys, to, to really go overboard on this one. But um, what would you say your... What's the kill you're most proud of? And, like, possibly, what's the story behind yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. Too, like... like, set the stage for us. You know, this is what I killed, and this is why I'm so proud of it. Tell us what you had to do to, to get that kill. I have three main kills, I think. The first one happened is Gunnar. He was flying a flight leader character at that time. Was hunting, was waiting for it for a long time because he's a legend and I wanted to touch it on grid. The second one, it's kind of on the same level, but still. It's the gold magnate. My friends were planning some small-scale roam through low sex and uh, looked for suitable groups to fight and suddenly noticed a gold magnate killing some guys from... I don't remember the alliance name. And the third one is muscle, 
another legend I caught finally. Oh man, so you, I always kind of wondered about that. So you don't really have a an agreement with those guys, like the flight leaders, the massels, the the really infamous Blobs characters. You, they're still fair targets for you. You guys don't have a kind of deal set up where you won't kill them. I caught them once, got familiar, befriended, and now we communicate, fly, fly together in some cases, and good friends. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah, I those those guys you mentioned are you know huge names in this kind of gameplay. So uh, man, if I had a flight leader or a massal kill, I would also be very proud of it. <laughs> and that gold magnate. Man, can you go a little bit more in depth with the gold magnet, what it took to actually catch that guy? I, I know he was flying it uh, very aggressively for uh, you know su- such an expensive ship, but can you give us a little, uh, from your point of view, how that, how that uh, target went down? First of all, I didn't get in touch with uh, Jaleb, didn't try, maybe felt sorry about the kill. And it, it took like an hour to wait for him to log in. And we barely managed to warp the bait down to the gate because it was an alpha account. I had to relog to it from an eye who was staying in the Magnate home system. He came, aggressed it, warped to pink, warped back. We didn't have suitable spot to land with Taco Asteros. We landed at 20 from the Magnate, burned for a while in cloak waited for Thorax to come to lower more to enable tunnel vision effect maybe and only then we decloaked. Right. I remember listening to a podcast. Um the guy piloting the ship was talking and he kinda saying, Yeah, that's kinda what happened. He was chasing the thorax and uh the thorax was just kinda moving in a way that um the direction he was chasing the thorax was pulling him right into the cloaked Asteros. And then as soon as he saw the Asteros, you know, I, I believe, don't quote me, but I believe he said he's reviewed his video and there was nothing he could do differently from that point on. Like he flew his ship uh, in the perfect way to try and escape. He did everything and there was absolutely nothing he could do as soon as those Asteros decloaked. He should have had like six seconds before the tackle lands from Asteros. Right, because the Asteros don't yeah. get the uh, cloak delay or the the retargeting delay after after decloak bonus, right? So no, th- they do. They have under four seconds delay with the rigs plus two or three seconds to lock the frigate. Yeah, with Quaffe and how another booster for locking time. If I'm not mistaken and these this story these stories you're kind of telling like they it's kind of interesting because when a lot of other small game gameplay when we talk about nano um we talk a little bit about finding the fight but mostly we talk about the actual fight but when you're talking about hunting high value targets and specific people most of the story lies in the point to when you get tackle and then the fight really doesn't matter that much because you know when you're hunting people, you're not really in it for a fair fight or to fight against odds like you are in Nano. You're you're just out there looking to kill the person, and a lot of that, or you know, ninety percent of that is is finding them, tracking them, and then establishing tackle on them. So it's just something I wanted to point out. That's kind of different from our pl- gameplay style, but I find it very interesting. It's it's all in the hunt, not the kill. Yep. I even name my every carrier 
coup de grace, which means like the last mercy hit, maybe. Is the translation correct? Nice. So after a target is tackled, it's pretty much over. One marshal actually escaped one time. We had three carriers with two scrams each. We engaged three black ops, but Marshall was tackled by only one carrier. And he had target spectrum breaker. And oh, got no lucky way. enough to break lock and escape. That is funny. So just for uh, for my own pride, uh, how many black ops has, have got away from you after you uh, jump in? <laughs> with me being with me being one of them. Something like six, I think. Nice. That's a, those are, I'm good with that. That's good. I mean, the only reason I got out is because the, you guys killed my friends first. The most important one was TikTok. He escaped, burned every med slot, as I remember, with like 30% structure. No way. So what was TikTok in? And, Which and Was it a sin or a marshal? It was some 9 billion sin, maybe. 7 or 9. And I got tunnel vision and didn't activate MWD on fighters. And they did like half of damage they should have done. Oh. He, he outburned the siren. It was tech one siren and warped off. Well, I'm sure, you know, maybe you'll get him again. I don't know, does he fly much sin anymore? He doesn't. Uh, well, TikTok, if, if you listen to this, get out in the sin and see if uh, Frederick, Frederick Von Hole can get some redemption. <laughs> Uh, and uh, thank guy, how about you, man? What's your your most proud kill? Well, um, for us, as I mentioned, we are fairly passive. We wait for stuff to come to us. So generally, our best kills come from people who just screw up in the most colossal ways. Um, case in point, uh, last week, a guy jumped a titan to our bait Sino Beacon. And we killed him with like five dudes on comms. It's hilarious. Um, although it was no incredible feat of hunting. It was just him being a complete idiot. So, I mean, part of hunting is capitalizing on people's mistakes. I think you got to give yourself a little bit more credit, but let's explain this bait Sino. You basically have a Sino up in like a, like the structure, the Sino beacon. Yes. We have a free ported Sino beacon. And you just let anyone and anyone jump basically. to it and you just sit there with uh, like a dictor cloaked up or something like that. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I, I do have a legitimate example if you want to hear it. Um, once we uh, managed to log off trap a mining fleet using supers, it was quite fun. Nice. <laughs> because they, um, we discovered a pocket of guys that like to mine um, around this time zone, I would say. Um, they like to use a couple of oracles and a lot of mining barges, um, but they were in a full, like, fully Sinojam pocket. Just every, every, every system jammed, bubble, bleh, yuck. And so what we did is we thought that if we go in during their off time zone, we will, we'll just gate our supers in, no problem. And they're all asleep. There's a couple of guys AFK and local, whatever. And we logged off there. And then when they like to mine, and aided by the map, obviously, we can see the average pilots in space as well as the mining index increasing. We logged in and we managed to tackle and kill all of them. So that's a really ballsy move. But you think about it, you know, all the systems were Sino jammed. So you know that, you know, they'd have more trouble actually if they were trying to bait you and, and counter drop you, right? Because everything's Sino jammed. So there's an extra layer there. That's, that's pretty interesting. Yes. 
that's pretty much it. I mean, people people generally screw themselves over more than they help themselves, in my opinion, when they cyanogen their ripples like that. Yeah. Because any like a smart a smart group will just sign in on the next gate and just gate in because hyper supers are very fast, but you're not gonna get any help at that point. Like he panics, you just sit there, you just wait for him, whatever, no problem. Pull your fighters, put out some anti-sub capital fighters in case they bring in something, and just sit there and wait, wait, wait. And then their panic ends and they die. And they usually die quietly. Yeah, that's that, that's something else. That's one thing, uh, Blood and I have talked about this in the past in the show, um, is how uh, we both really, really dislike game mechanics that allow people to make mistakes and not be punished. And uh, so it's nice to hear about, you know, these guys obviously made some mistakes and, uh, you know, still get punished. But, you know, I, there's too many game mechanics that allow people, especially with Rorquals, that uh, can allow people to uh, make all the mistakes. But, you know, as long as they actually press the Sino button, they, they get saved, as long as they're under an umbrella. Yes. Um, I would, I could kind of speak about that a little bit. Um, so our preferred area to use gank supers and hunt Rorquals is obviously the drone land. It's kind of a uh, <laughs> bit of a hot spot for that um, before the uh, blackout, that is. But, I mean, it, it's been pretty frustrating since the blackout. Well, I guess you'd say if before the blackout, if you were to look at my super character's kill board, just like kills, 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 you know, like every day or two we'd kill a capital doing something and then the blackout hits and it just stops once we did kill a nyx we did kill a nyx that was foolishly crabbing during the blackout but that was like a month after it started and we haven't killed anything since well that's a, a really good segue to get into kind of the blackout and and future sino changes we wanted to get you guys on here to specifically talk about blackout and sino changes potential sino changes they haven't happened yet so we can only kind of hypothesize but you know uh from the nano small gang gameplay or more the subcap uh small gang gameplay you know a lot of people praise blackout and say it's been good for the game but um i i know that it's it's negatively impacted your guys's nullsec uh gameplay so can you guys kind of go through um you know how and why it's affected you what's what are what's bad about it what's good if anything in your opinion about it well i have only few profit points on it people can't seen local and know the star character or bomber but on the other side we can't know if people are hunting until they make a kill intel doesn't work locals don't work so we can't set the bait and be sure the hunter came in and he's looking for us right now i can kind of see how that would be frustrating i used to stay in into with different characters in different areas but now it's just waste of time yeah because i mean the intel channels now rely on people actually being there watching gates saying who's coming in which i'm not part of a nullsec group but i imagine it's compared to before the intel is is much probably delayed and not very accurate i can see how that would significantly hinder the process of uh, essentially putting the bait in the uh, in the path of the hunter. Because obviously you want to put the bait in a place where the hunter is going to find it. But if you have to rely on the kill board to know where the hunters are, it's really difficult. Yeah, and I mean, it. so it's a lot harder, but it, it hasn't killed it completely, has it, Frederick? Like, you're still able to do it. It's just a lot harder and probably not as frequent. Like, you don't have, have successful baits as often. Well, I become lazier 
plus real life happens and I can't waste hours waiting for a target now, unfortunately. Yeah, so it's it just kind of pushed pushed you over that that edge of having to be even more effort for the same same result. Is that a fair statement? Yep. As example, there are pandemic horde, black ops, hunting in branch space, and T now. There are HTP guys in Providence. There is Dan guy in Lowsec. There are some domain research guys in Matar space or Amara. I can't tell for sure. And we just don't go there because I can't make myself do it. Yes, you're basically the the percentage, the chance of getting a kill is, is just too low for you, I guess, for, for all that effort. Don't think so, but the laziness strikes. The laziness, okay, fair enough. Um, so would you, are, are you going to focus a little more on low sec than null sec post blackout changes? After the sign changes, I'm afraid I just duck up and never login because Black Ops Hunters have to be reasonably risk averse. When you live in your small area, you you, you know usual residents and you can easily distinguish new ones and check the keyboard. And if some guys see my recon, they can either dock up or prepare some just one dread and effects and kill us right because they're essentially going to know it's you because the the effort to inject a recon alt is huge compared to you know your injecting of a stero alts and the second someone else another you know pvp or hunter sees that it's your character's recon rolling through local I mean, or scouts you on a gate because because of blackout, or even in low sec, they'll see you in local. They're just going to know it's you, like you say. So, um, and and since you guys are like you said, three to five ish guys, you know, a lot of these groups have more people than that, and you're just going to be out escalated. Could you hypothesize some changes, or or maybe something along the lines of blackout or the sino changes that would kind of preserve your gameplay style while still having some of the um, desired effects of CCP's change that they, that they want to make, like their idea of how they're doing it. If CCP want to remove the sign fitted to every crab ship thingy, they could easily make it, how is it called, apply the DPS fine to zero. Polarize? No, no, change the DPS to zero. No mining yield, no drone damage, no guns damage with the Sino fitted. And rem- so if, if you have a Sino fitted, you essentially lose all your other high slots? Is that fair? like a fair assumption to make? No, your damage becomes zero. Like polarized ships don't have resist, you can't damage anything. Farmers would not, farmers would not fit it, carriers would not, rorcals would not. And if you need the second recon, client now to, to to light sign after the changes you would need just any second client to light the sign for you with zero yes yeah so real quick i i know that you primarily use a nidhogger but why i and i understand there's other things to consider but like do you think people might pivot more towards using black ops because that allows you to jump to co-op Sinos. So you wouldn't need a recon alt. You would need 
like a bomber pilot and Sino 5, which is also a, a large skill portion, but it might add some flexibility and a larger jump range than using a carrier. With carriers, we can, at, at worst case, trade with something. But with Black Ops, we need either bling active tank to survive long enough in fight against three or four or five Black Opses. It's it's not really possible, I think. Or we need to fly shitty brick tank once, which is not elite. <laughs> it's not as fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Okay. That is not elite. Not that much time long ago, we jumped into like 20 need blobs with four carriers, and they just instantly pressed MJD, which will not possible, which would will not be possible with Black Opses on our side. Plus, there are bombers sometimes, and like five bombers will wreck your tank pretty easily. I'm just curious. Because I come from the perspective that, like, I feel like carriers for the for the, they can just engage pretty much everything, and I don't necessarily think that's good. Um, but that's you know coming from like very much from the small game perspective, where there's not as as much counterplay for me at least. But so I kind of wanted to get your take on it as far as you know switching over, or if say they. Because CCP Rise was on talking in stations, and he kind of just was discussing the Sino changes and some of the different ideas. Which I believe on CC right now, there's actually an industrial Sino that's been added to the database, um, and that was something Rise like talked about was an idea that they had discussed just for moving jump freighters around, um, stuff like that. But one of the things he said, just kind of in passing, was that. These these changes, you know, they're they have the potential to be flexible. So whether that's opening up more ship classes that can use Sinos. So uh, Pharaoh and I had just like kind of talked and discussed, and we thought two ship classes that make sense to potentially be able to use Sinos would be heavy interdictors and um, like sabers or or in, just regular interdictors, and they they both would still involve a much more like sp like skill point intensive route they would you know they can't warp cloaked like a a pilgrim or you know another recon so there is the advantage that those recons still have um they don't have currently a a sino bonus to shorter duration like the recons do and so that might be something where we're just discussing like those two have a role that makes sense as far as tackling and lighting sinos and in particular, if you go with a regular interdictor, um, say that gets added in or what have you, that's something that's still killable. You know, like that's something where if someone is just trying to drop on you, you could potentially kill that Sino and force it off the field. And now there's a solo capital that's stuck on grid or something like that. Or, you know, it gives more flexibility for those options. I was kind of curious what you guys think of something like that. I think the Sino change will hurt only small guys like us because for example what's the difference for some heavy Tama campers or Iridia ones if they use a second recon window or any other ship or for heavy rock or multiboxer which will need to have a recon cloaked on grid or dictor or heavy dictor but for small group it's just not acceptable 
to have to fly a heavy SP character. Yeah, and I mean, one positive change from our perspective with it is, so we end up as like wormholers with a null sec static, we end up roaming in subs uh, and find Rorquals quite a bit. And most of the time when we tackle Rorqual, even if we get a mobile Sino and Hib up immediately, you know, most of the time they end up just letting their Sino before it goes down. So the one thing that I really like about the potential Sino change is even if they have that recon on grid now, um, as long as they don't have overwhelming uh, Rorqual shield reps, like, you know, one or two would be fine if you have enough volley, but they now have to decloak and light a Sino within 60 seconds. So that means that unless they have their friends ready to jump to them immediately, that recon's likely going to die because uh, we can actually kill the ship that's lighting the Sino rather than having to, you know, kill the actual Rorqual before his friends form. So before, the Rorqual could just light it, even if his friends weren't ready to jump with him, jump to him yet. He's just going to light it and survive until they are ready. But like I said, with a, a recon, um, he's going to have to light within 60 seconds. Otherwise, the inhib's going to go up, and uh, then we're going to have time to kill him, unless they're very organized. In which case, if they're that organized, they should be able to push us off. So that's one thing that I like, but it is, it is a shame. Like I'm a huge fan of, of your gameplay. And like the people you mentioned, the Massels, Flight Leaders, all those Blops guys, I'm a huge fan of that kind of style of gameplay. And it, it is really troubling to me to kind of see that a lot of the, the, you know, someone like you that's kind of at the front of that gameplay is, uh, you know, is, is really turned off by the changes. Yeah, last, uh, last episode, I actually talked with Ian, who is a director in Kronos, but he used to drop a lot with guys in Great Wildlands, just doing kind of more like dread ganks on stuff and he was he was talking about how that he thought the sino changes and things were really detrimental to a small group like that as well just the you know and that's like i don't know 10 15 dudes but even there like you're seeing that the potential for that to be a, a, a major like downside for that kind of group to be able to deploy and you know punish someone who's not um not being like conscious of their space or, or something along those lines. I guess if, if you're using Sinos offensively as a small group, that's where it hurts. I think that's a fair statement to make. I had a bit of a comment, but yeah, that is basically the best way to put it. I would say also that um, you know, for for smaller for smaller groups using Sinos offensively, part of the part of the I guess the power of a Sino is to put huge amounts of damage on grid at a surprise at a moment's notice and you know changes like this hugely hinder that because uh, not only do you just have to have one more tune and I, I understand that you know we have lots of alts but that adds up like we have a lot of tunes already and they're essentially asking us to use another tune like that that really hurts and the the other thing that that does is it instantly telegraphs our intentions immediately they see that recon on grid they know there's going to be a sign up and that that really sucks that that hurts but i i would say that those um those i think you were alluding to super hunting groups there super capital hunting groups that like to gank people moving like ivana and um lsh and um, some of those guys in snuff i mean i think that those people are going to be hurt very badly by a change like this because those probing hicks and probing dictors are extremely good 
for what they do. And those ships are going to be extremely gimped as a result of this. Yeah, and I know like a lot of people, maybe particularly in, in the Nullsec gameplay, um, you know, would, would probably want to like laugh at, at guys like this and, and say like, haha, like your gameplay style is shit and serves you right. Just kind of like how nano guys do and with, with the Nullseckers dropping caps on all, all the time. But I mean, like Eve, variety is the spice of life, in my opinion, when it comes to Eve. And it's, it's a huge game and people doing things in small groups needs to be relevant. Otherwise, everyone, these people are just going to be, you know, quit or get pushed into larger groups. And I'm not shitting on the large group gameplay at all. I'm saying variety is very important. And uh, I don't ever expect it to be, you know, a 50-50 split between what people want to do in EVE. But it is very important to have a variety of gameplay styles. And, uh, you know, like one of the, one story that, that I think of that really, you know, started pushing me into really liking this kind of gameplay style uh, is from about five years ago. And uh, it was a character named Danny Law. Does that name ring a bell to you guys at all? No, it actually doesn't for me because I only started to play about three years ago. Haven't played that time. Cool. So Danny Law was a Nyx that was eventually killed. But literally what he was doing in 2014 was going around space fragging carriers everywhere he went he was fragging carriers he was eventually killed by uh i just have the kill on my phone here looks like darkness nonetheless but um there was an interesting story that came out afterwards like an interview type thing with him and i'll post it i'll post the reddit thread it's titled after one year i finally got killed ask me anything and this guy's kind of like mentality of how you should be played um it is really interesting um you know, like, it, it, here's a quote from the Reddit thread. He says, I got this very Nyx a year ago. I've killed 99-0 carriers, and it was a good run. So here we go. Ask me anything. Also, I'll take donations for a new Nyx. Send them to Danny Law in-game. So, you know, this this guy goes out there in a Nyx solo, rampaging around. And yes, this is before umbrellas and things like that. Um a lot of the like really huge empire building gameplay that's come actually that's been you know popularized since 2014 essentially um making this kind of gameplay harder but i don't know these stories are so cool i i agree with a lot of people in the large scale stories are cool but man these stories about like one pilot or one small group of of people what they can do in eve uh there's nothing like that in any other game and it really it really bothers me um hearing hearing people be so demoralized to the point where they may not do it anymore. For me and my group, um, we have kind of collectively decided that we can manage. However, I feel that this is, this is nearing the breaking point for a lot of people like us because, you know, it's, it's kind of like, you know, yesterday they took away local, which took away a lot of our targets. Now they take away Sinos. What's next? Kind of thing. What's next? What's the next change that's going to dramatically hinder us? Because that's what it seems like CCP is kind of heading towards right now. But um, I, I feel I, I actually really like that solution that was mentioned earlier, where a Sino ship would not be able to do any damage. I think that would, or not only that, not do any damage, but also not be able to mine effectively either. I think that would it would not really have an effect on curbing the. You know, the rampant hot dropping of roaming gangs in Empire, not Empire Space, might as well be Empire Space without how secure it is, but uh, 
in NullSec space, but um, I feel that it would significantly improve roaming gang's abilities to kill those um, PvE and carriers and rorquals and stuff like that, because those guys wouldn't be able to get back up so easily. Another solution that I've heard thrown around that I think would be interesting is a essentially a mass limit for Sinos. Um, because what that would do is it would let smaller groups throwing around smaller numbers of capitals uh, offensively continue to do that. They would be unlikely to run into this limit of mass. But on the flip side, when you talk about, let's say you tackle a Rorkel and Delve and then 10 Titans come spewing out of a Sino, you know, those kind of people are going to run into the mass limits. They won't be able to do that as much. And maybe even some combination of two things like that could be an effective middle ground there. So. I have actually heard the the mass like suggestion before as well, and like I don't know. I think there's 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 talking points around it. Really quick, I wanted to go back and you said you said uh, blackout with the with local disappearing took away a lot of your targets. Is that because a lot of those targets are no longer doing those activities, or is it like, or do you feel like those targets are still doing those activities? You just don't have the ability to see them in local. Um, I would actually like to elaborate a little bit on that. That's a good point. Um, I should mostly say that specifically in our preferred areas of space, those targets are less active. Um, I find that, you know, when you have like one or two guys with supers that want to gank Rorquals and carriers and even supers, you really don't have many options in the more heavily umbrella centric space. Um, so you kind of have to stick to places like renter areas and stuff like that. Those places are super good when you just have a couple of dudes. So were a lot of those targets, though, what, I, what I'm trying to get at is were a lot of them bots and that they were enabled by local? No, actually, I don't think so. Um, really, I think the easiest way to do it is um, just look at the map. Look at the map in a place like, say, Outer Passage or Paragon Falls. Those places are significantly more quiet, way, way more quiet. And you won't find a Oracle in sight. You won't find a Super in sight. I, I lied, actually. We did find one Super. Crazy. I was really surprised to see him. But uh, it's, it's just pretty much gone. You know, most of the people that use Capitals for PvE, they've just, they've just stopped. They just don't anymore. It, it, I, find, I find that changes like this, they essentially push those kind of players towards the Umbrella space. It says to them, hey, you know, you, like, local was the only thing that really enabled them to be safe at all, or to feel safe, and that was taken away from them. So now they feel, those players feel that they have no choice but to either log off, go to high sec, or move to an alliance like Goons, or Test, or Fraternity, or you know, even some place like Branch, where they can get saved if they get caught. So it's really interesting, because, like, I, I definitely notice that I feel like there's, when we're roaming, there's less ships in space in nullsec but i also feel that i'm not encountering nearly as much of what i would perceive to be botting type behavior and the people that i do encounter seem to be much more active and and i actually have interaction with them and so like that's that's where i'm like trying to figure out like or balance like is that just because of my gameplay style is that just because of like you know i'm just running around in a subcap so i'm fine like I would I will go through 20 systems and before where I would see people in every system but get frustrated because I couldn't actually do anything or couldn't interact with them. Now, I only see people in like five systems, but those people that I do see, I'm 
I have more like the the percent chance of actual interaction with them is much higher, I feel. And so that's where I'm like trying to figure out, you know, if, you know, where you, that experience on your side is um, and what's affecting your, your gameplay in, in that, you know, kind of relationship. Yeah. I actually do feel that you're right. Um, We, we just generally ignore that kind of stuff. Um, We, we ignore, you know, your average like Myrmidon ratting or something like that, you know, we're, we're looking for Rorquals, carriers, supers, stuff that's expensive, stuff that's big. Um, another, gotcha. One yeah. thing that is actually, that does interest me is actually the idea of essentially just dropping a big blob of gank supers on a umbrella Rorquals and just alphaing it. And I think that would totally be possible. And that might be a, um, I'm sure that's been done before, actually. I know that, you know, groups like, for example, like Hard Knocks and Adversity, they use big groups of gank supers like 10 plus and that number of supers those guys can just volley a rorkle like if the guy doesn't see the supers landing and panic immediately he's going to die instantly and uh, i guess i don't know i guess maybe the solution really is just get more friends and move somewhere else but it is it's a bit frustrating when you have not so many dudes and you can't really you can't really do anything in that umbrella space but with regards to botting yeah big improvement big big improvement Pretty much the only thing that a botter in Nullsec can really do is just it is just accept that they're going to lose some stuff, and a lot of them, a lot of them have done that. You know, you see people botting in like Myrmidons and stuff like that with T1 fits and max insurance. They know they're gonna die. They just yeah, deal with it. That was also contributed to with the VNI changes and stuff. Like, um, you know, as far as like people not really wanting to invest the skill points in a character to to. Or, or Omega status to find Ishtar or something. I think that's prompted a lot of the changes to Merms and uh, Dominixes and some of those like T1 type riding ships. Yeah, I definitely would say that the effects on botting has been one of the positive changes that's come of it. All right, well, uh, kind of getting to the point, we'll start wrapping this up. Do you guys, uh, Frederick Von Hohl or, or Denka, do you guys have anything else you kind of wanted to add before we say our goodbyes? There is another significant negative effect of the Sina changes for small guys is the simple traveling through low sec. As for Nogs, fortress type regions, Sina beacons are everywhere and you can jump anywhere reliably safely but in low sec there are people who like to kill Sina noob ships imagine what will have with every recon lights a Sina for a solo or two carriers yeah i i was thinking about that as well i mean you, you look at the cost to move a, a carrier let's say a 1.4 billion s carrier fitted up right you're looking at at like 250 300 million isk a jump now that's it's crazy it's it's so like i assume most of those recons are gonna die if you're a small group you know when you're lighting along the way it's i think it's unlikely that well let's say 50 50 so to move six jumps you're gonna lose three of them and man i like that's three of them is the cost of a carrier yeah that is definitely a significant issue and i I really hope they will do something to address that I think allowing interdictors to to light a Sino would help a lot, knock it down to you know the ninety five ninety million isk mark per per Sino. But I think there's a few options, and this will come down to kind of like the balance team at CCP. But some some ideas that like I've kicked around with people are first opening it up to other ship classes, so that you can 
you know, have something like an interdictor, something where you're like, okay, this is more of my throwaway option. So that's like one option. Um, the other, an, another one that like I've talked with people about is having the Sino beacon not be something that is warpable from overview, right? It, it become if if you make it, you change it to something more like abyssals, where they have to be combat probed. Um, you might be able to see them on D scan, or you could you could mess with those kinds of mechanics. But even just having them not be warpable from overview, so you could light off of a structure somewhere and then warp your carrier down or something like that. Um, with the recon reduction time frame, um, that might be part of that solution. And and then the, like the third, which I was I'm kind of getting at, is changing that reduction time. Right now it's a five minute sino. But like, say you change it to two minutes, um, and you you had those kinds of things like not being able to see it on your overview, and finding a balance within those mechanics of what combination uh, would be the best to allow the opportunity for someone who is active and sees you light, and, or you know sees sees that activity happening, and they take the steps necessary to go hunt your your recon down and kill it great but you know and if you light it like at zero on a station then maybe that kind of situation wouldn't be the the best idea and there's the potential to get punished but if you're using you know a safe and they have to take the time to scan it down and and get over to it there's the potential in like only a two minute time window or something along those lines that you might be you know your your recon will finish its cycle and you can warp it to a station. Um, then, you know, the the covert sino is a much shorter time frame, so there's still reasons to use that and different things can jump to it and kind of that creates a, a balanced dynamic there as well. Um, but, like, those are kind of the key ideas that I've kicked around and I think it would come down to, like, actually looking at hard numbers and, to, you know, for CCP to decide if that's a route that they would want to go. Um, and the balance discussion, whatever, however they make those decisions. But like, I think that provides flexibility um, to create solutions for moving without necessarily uh, causing a lot of issues, you know, in this kind of like response and umbrella type scenario that we're seeing a lot in Null. Yeah, I, I feel like the... Um... The interdictor solution as well as especially the um, the non-warpable idea that's that's definitely interesting i think that would um it might be actually not maybe not even might it would definitely be a big hindrance to uh, people who hunt moving supers uh, especially in larger systems where you might not be able to see that sino on d scan but i feel that it would be definitely a, a decent option uh, as well as reducing that time that it cycles for uh, because those recons they have spiked in price they're pretty expensive and gosh i mean if you are a small group just moving a couple of carriers around and a dominant group in the area decides they want to play with your sino ship not really anything you can do about it you undock those carriers they're probably just going to die another thing i really think that um i really think that um heavy interdictors and dictors should really get that ability to light sinos because Quite frankly, recons for hunting are terrible. They, they're slow. They don't have much EHP. They do have good E-War, admittedly, but I mean, they're, they're, just, <laughs> they're just generally pretty bad. I, I really think that 
if CCP's vision of Eve, I don't think they're there yet. I think it's going to take a while to disrupt the version that they've building for been building for the last four years that's led to like the sprawling super umbrella empires and i think uh if they're able to break that down a little bit um with some changes i think that's their goal uh i, I hope there's room for some emergent gameplay to come out of that that is similar it may not be the same but i i hope there's some room for similar gameplay so we'll see all right guys well with that um We'll get to our, our quick shout out. We uh, we wanted to shout out an interview that uh, Yintan did on YouTube with Olmeca Gold, current CSM member. Um, and Olmeca, I imagine, ha- would have a lot to say about the topics we discussed tonight. So uh, you guys should head to uh, Yintan's YouTube channel. We'll link it in the show notes and give that interview a listen. It's it's pretty good regarding kind of CSM decision stuff and things like that. And we do have a quick announcement to make. Uh, Blood and I have decided to start a less than 10 Discord server. So we'll put a link to it in the show notes. If you want to come talk to us about Small Gang or, uh, you know, hopefully uh, Von Hole and, and Denkai will hang out there too. You guys can come yell at them about things they said that you liked or didn't like um, or have some constructive conversation too. That'd be great. So look look for that. We'll uh, we'll put it in the in the show notes. Yeah, primarily it's just going to be a way to get in touch with us or discuss, you know, look for help, uh, ask other people in the community for advice on, you know, small gang or other topics, um, that kind of stuff. Like we're fine with like some, you know, amount of memeing and and what have you. But, uh, you know, if things get out of control, then we'll moderate accordingly. But yeah, more moreover than anything, it's just the idea of kind of like if you want to get in touch uh, or or relay information or communicate with us that'll be like a central place to to do that so we're excited yeah especially if you're a new player looking to get into nano gang all right guys well with that remember it's not the size of your gang it's how you use it